0: These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Pelé leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie Do? Soccer is going to explode, and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddy Show. And with that came the expectation, and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcast. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Adam. History title. Ah! Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh not really. Gambling gods? Fickle butt. oh yeah. So easily offended. Gamble's not your problem. You're just an idiot.
1: Welcome to the Full Slate NFL Week fifteen Pick'em Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Indeed, Pepsi, Bet Online, and Monkey Knife Fight. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother, as is tradition, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, we only have three weeks left in the NFL season.
2: Yeah, it's definitely sad that the regular season's winding down, only so much time left with Scott Hansen and Andrew Siciliano, but you know, we have to be grateful that we've gone through 14 weeks, you know, obviously some interruptions, but nothing too drastic, nothing too bad's happened. So we have to feel grateful for that. So it's definitely bittersweet, but I'll definitely miss our full-pack Sundays uh, coming up in a few weeks here.
1: Yeah, yeah, be three more red zone Sundays. Got to make each one of them count, even if kind of looking at the slate this week, trying to choose five games last week, we had kind of uh, a wealth of options this week. The premier games aren't that great, but we've seen in the past couple weeks. I mean, last week was lined up to be an incredible week of, of action. The games, said Monday night, were like kind of ho-hum in terms of excitement. Um, but a couple weeks ago, I remember, we had a pretty crappy slate on paper, and that turned into a wild weekend. So you never know when you bet on the NFL. But looking at year-to-date records, before we get into the games, I'm 37 and 32. Tyler, you're two games back, 35 and 34. Chipped into my lead. Shout out to the Dolphins. Congratulations to you. Uh, locks of the week. It's do or die for me at this point. I'm six seven and one. You are nine four and one. Three to go, three back, never say never, kids. Uh, first game we want to get to. This line absolutely stings. Patriots at the Dolphins. Dolphins minus one, over-unders 41.5. Patriots played last Thursday night. They lose 24-3 to in embarrassing fashion to the Rams. The offense doesn't show up at all. Miami Dolphins fighting for their playoff lives. They're eight and five. They've been covering machines this year. Ten and three against the spread. They get that backdoor last weekend versus the Chiefs. Two of throws for over three hundred yards. Tyler, this line makes no sense.
2: Why why do you think it makes no sense? Dolphins should be bigger favorites.
1: Yeah, at home. What if the Patriots showed us? Yeah, I mean, I think the
2: Patriots still garner the respect of the name. You know, obviously, Belichick, um, we're, you know, you write down a lot of stats here, and you lose track sometimes. But Patriots coming into this game over eight days of rest in their last 25 in this scenario. They're 21-4 and four straight up, 18-7 against the spread. So people are always going to show love for the Patriots, but I really like the Dolphins in this game. And obviously, offensively, last week, too, it showed something. That was his first 300-yard game, and obviously they were down for – a lot of when they're coming back. But the fact he was able to do that I thought was encouraging because he's been kind of iffy. I feel like he's been very um, up and down so far in his career. So I like the Dolphins at minus one. Like you said, they're fighting for their playoff lives right now. They're tied with Baltimore at 8-5, and so they need to keep winning, keep pace. Um, So I like the Dolphins. I mean, I think their defense is going to really dominate in this game. Camisone for under – 119 passing yards or less in four of the last five games. He hasn't thrown multiple touchdowns in 15 straight games. The Patriots offense is just terrible. You watched it last week versus the Rams. They couldn't do anything. I think the Dolphins are going to have a lot of success in this game. Their secondary should feast on Cam Newton. I just don't think he has it anymore to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I like the Dolphins. I think this is a low-scoring game. The under is intriguing as well at 41-and-a-half. I just don't think the Patriots are going to be able to score a lot. So, I like the Dolphins. I I think their defense has no trouble with this Patriots offense.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think partially the reason why the line is one here, the Dolphins – uh, their playmakers are banged up, specifically their receivers. Gusecki, Devontae Parker, J- J- Jakeem Grant are all injured kind of status up in the air for this weekend. Those are their only three guys with more than 288 yards receiving uh, on the season. So that's, that's the bulk of their offensive threats on the outside. But I'm with you. I know, again, this line stinks. Belichick with more more rest historically is incredible. But that stat you threw out there about Cam Newton He's been historically just terrible. Um, That's that sad about more than one touchdown in 15 straight games, not throwing more than one touchdown in 15 straight games. That's the longest streak in the NFL in the last eight years. He's washed up. The Dolphins' defense, they fly around, they make plays, and they ultimately need to win this game in the AFC wildcard picture. It's incredibly competitive. The Ravens got the job done on Monday Night Football. They're very much in the mix. Um, so I'm with you here, Uh, so we're both on the fins, minus one, Um, Um, and the bottom line, sorry, go ahead, Ty. I
2: was going to say, a lot of people throw out, you know, Belichick against rookie quarterbacks, and he's obviously been super successful there, we saw what happened with Herbert a few weeks ago, but the way the Dolphins win games isn't really relying on Tua, right, their defense makes plays, special teams sets them up, so this isn't a game where the Dolphins need Tua, to do well, I mean, we saw the Dolphins defense pick off Mahomes and make the Chiefs offense at times last week look mortal. So I don't, under, I wouldn't see a case where this Dolphins defense would struggle versus uh, New England. So I, I mean, I, I don't think this game is going to come down to Tua. I mean, you said some of those weapons are going to be at potentially out, which obviously would hurt. But again, the Dolphins team doesn't win because of Tua and the offense. It's the defense, special teams making plays. So. Even if Belichick does have success against Tua, I don't even see that coming down uh, to the end.
1: Yeah, it's a good point. And Flores, he's been with the Dolphins. This is his second year there. If you remove his first month of coaching last year, he's 19 and six against the spread in his career. He's continued to kind of be. Uh, Doubted by Vegas and the books, and this Dolphins team—they just make plays. I like the minus one at home in this spot—an absolute must-win game for them. Second game we want to get to: Seattle Seahawks versus the Washington Football Team. This line is uh, Washington is a five and a half point home dog over under forty-four and a half. Seattle is nine and four. They're right in the mix in the NFC West. Uh, they still technically have a shot for that number one overall seed if a few things were, were to break their way. They destroyed the Jets last week, but they've been kind of subpar on the road of late. They've lost three out of the last four there, and Washington continues to roll. They beat the 49ers. This is a defense-first team. They've held the opposing their opponents to uh, 17 or fewer points the last four games out. We saw what Chase Young did versus Nick Mullins last weekend. Tyler, this is a bit of an upgrade versus... Russell Wilson, and the Seattle passing attack. Where? Where's your head at here? Washington's like pretty heavy favorites to win the NFC at this point. I saw they're like minus 280. It's
2: honestly surreal
1: that Washington is 6-7. and seven. It's, it's felt like
2: all year that whoever wins that division is going to have like five or six wins at the end of the year. In fact, they're only a game under 500 and still have a chance to win eight, nine games. doesn't feel as bad as we originally had thought that NFC East winner was going to be, right? Um, But the Seahawks play the Rams next week, so I think this could be perhaps a look-ahead spot there. And maybe they come to this game a little sluggish off the blowout win. And Washington last week beat the 49ers. They scored 23 points, and they didn't score an offensive touchdown. Some would say they're due for regression, and they might get blown out in this game. But I think that defense is legit. Chase Young is a beast, Uh, you know, the number two pick. Another guy, Ohio State has just delivered between the Boses and him. That is an absolute stud right away in the NFL. So I like Washington. It makes me a little nervous that Alex Smith might not play and Dwayne Haskins might play, and he's he's terrible. But I like Washington in this game. They're tenth in the NFL in pressure rate. Seattle is ninth in pressure rate allowed. So I think this is a good recipe to get after Russell Wilson. And I, I just think uh, Seattle's coming to this game a little sluggish coming off last week and having the Rams next week, big divisional game there. So I like Washington. Ron Rivera's done a great job uh, his first year there. You know, Dan Snyder hired him to turn around the organization. I thought that was a little unfair of him, but he definitely has brought um, some professionalism to that team. So I like Washington. I think that defense is legit and to keep them in this game.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's a big trap spot for Seattle, as you mentioned. Basically, division online next week versus the Rams. Um a bit of a look-ahead spot. And the Washington, their defense matches up very well with what Seattle does well, and that's pass the ball. Washington allows the third-fewest passing yards in the NFL, and say what you want about our guy Alex Smith, game manager, X, Y, and Z thing. But the guy wins, and you look at his stats, since he's taken over as a starter. Sounds like, from what I read before the pod, they're cautiously optimistic he can play this Sunday. And bottom line is Seattle's pass defense is one of the worst in the NFL. So even if it is Dwayne Haskins, I still think they'll be able to score enough uh, to, to make this one interesting. But since Al Smith took over as a starter, they're 4-1. They're averaging 26.8 points a game, which ranks 7th in the NFL since Week 10. So I know we all think of them as a defensive first team, but they're putting up numbers on the offensive side of the ball. See if Antonio Gibson <laughs> ends up playing, but Terry McLaurin is a legit threat on the outside. McKissick's and Peyton Barber, they've kind of patched together a sufficient enough backfield in Gibson's absence, so I'm I'm very much in on this Washington team. I like them plus five and a half. I'd, look, I'd also sprinkle a little on the money line as well if you think they're going to cover at this number, and bottom line is Wilson has not been. He was incredible versus Jets last weekend in the get-right spot. He threw four touchdowns, but before that, the previous four games combined, he had thrown for four touchdowns, so... <laughs> I think he's, obviously, everyone in the world is like, oh, Russ, he's never got an MVP vote the first, like, I don't know, six, eight weeks of the season. He's very much hit a road speed bump here. Um, So I I like Washington in the spot. Yeah, and you look at the last three games that Seattle has lost,
2: versus the Giants, the Rams, and Buffalo, all those teams got after Russ. They had 16 sacks. He was six, sacked 16 times in those last three games, and I think people will be pumping up last week. I mean, they played the Jets, and we know that happens when everyone plays the Jets, so people will be remembering that. But if you go back a few of their last uh, five games before that and three of those they lost, getting after him, is it works. It could slow that offense down, and as we said, this Washington front is good enough to do that. So I think that's the recipe there to keep it close and perhaps win this game. I, I don't think Seattle is – as good as people may think you know everyone's going to jump on them this week and i'd I'd expect a lot of teasers as well being under touchdown but i like washington i think that's just as joe house likes to say a professional football team they know how to play uh winning football under rivera but let's move on to the next game we want to talk about bears at vikings somehow this game has playoff implications (laughs) feels like we've ridden off these teams a hundred times throughout the season vikings are Three point favorites. The over under is 47, and the Bears' offense, which has looked terrible for basically all this all season, last couple games they've actually started to getting together. They're, they've scored over 30 points each of the last two, averaging 33 during that stretch. Mitch, his last three, has thrown seven touchdowns, only two picks. David Montgomery is 288 rushing yards over his last three games. Seems like they've found something there. Um, Cody, where are you leaning in this game?
1: Yeah, yeah, the world's kind of been flipped on its head with the Chicago team. In generally, you look at these teams, it's kind of been a tale of two tapes. The Bears started 5-1, and one. the Vikings started 1-5, and five. now they're both at 6-7. and seven. They played in mid-November, the Vikings won that game 19-13, Foles started there. It's funny, actually, I tweeted something about David Montgomery running because he had the long touchdown early in uh, this past Sunday's game versus Texans. Um, And how I owned him in fantasy and was bitter about him and whatever. And someone tweeted at me, actually, randomly, being like, he's been one of the best running backs in the league the last two weeks. Like, yeah, he's been great. But, like, if you you drafted David Montgomery semi-early, your team's probably out of it. So, whatever. Side note there. Um, But... I this Vikings team they should have covered last week. We're both on them versus the Bucks. They lost by twelve there. Dan Bailey, we know he's a disaster. We covered it on the Sunday scariest pod. Mike Zimmer uh, earlier today was non-committal. He basically was like, "We'll see" in terms of whether Dan Bailey would be their kicker this Sunday. They brought in Chandler Cannon's arrow. Who he's been around the block on Tuesday. Uh, according to COVID protocol, he couldn't be with the team before Sunday, but on Sunday he could be with them. So I guess they have the option there if they were to uh, get him on. Um, I like the Vikings in this spot. The Bears played the probably the best game they've played in, I don't know, two months last Sunday versus the Texans. They looked incredible Trubisky, everything, the whole nine yards. Defense is getting after Watson. The Vikings, they – he really – every you mentioned on the Sunday Scariest pod, but, like, they were moving the ball up and down on the bucks. So they just couldn't convert. Uh, they had a couple, obviously, the missed field goals, but also the fact that you had to go for it a few times when maybe if you have a, an, adequate, an adequate field goal kicker, you put up points. So I think they'll be able to do enough offensively in this spot. And I found this trend, which is kind of during the duration of this Zimmer-Kirk Cousins combo – in Minnesota, but they bounce back after they lose games. So thirty eight and thirteen against the spread the last fifty one games. It's a massive sample size. It kinda of feels right for the team. They're always somewhere between like six and ten to ten and six. They bounce back. They stay in that area. Uh, Dalvin Cook's been a monster. He's very much in the mix. And I just like them at home more than I like the Bears. This this line is not enough respect to the Vikings in my opinion.
2: Yeah, that's three for three and us agreeing cause I oh like boy. the Vikings as well. As you said, in that game last week, and what I, we talked about, they're moving the ball consistently on the box, and people still think the Bucs are good. So I like Minnesota. They should have won that game last week. Dan Bailey kind of screwed them. They made some mistakes also. So, I mean, I guess we shouldn't take them because Dan Bailey right now is still their kicker, right? <laughs> um,
1: we'll but. see. That. I mean, literally, Mike Zimmer said we'll see. So that's not about confidence.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much stock in what the Bears did last week also, right? They had lost six straight games going into that, and they blow out Houston, and that was a nice win. But Houston is Houston, and, you know, obviously, I feel like, you know, Mitch might have been um, a little motivated, obviously, with the Deshaun factor there. And that was literally their <laughs> best game of the season. I would expect them to come down from that, and the Vikings— to be motivated and try to get into the playoffs um, because obviously that's their aspiration. So I like the Vikings minus three. I also like the over in this game at 47. As I said, the Bears offensively offensively have played well in the last few weeks. And their defense, they played well last week, but it had been a little shaky the last two games. And the Vikings are really good on offense, very explosive offense, as we talked about last week, number one in the NFL in passing explosiveness. So I like them uh, to put up points, and their defense isn't great either. This isn't – I know the first matchup was low-scoring, but those Nick Foles at quarterback. I think in the Dome at Minnesota, it'll be high-scoring. This isn't this, the same teams we've seen uh, the last couple of years that are more defensively focused. This Minnesota team wins with their offense. So I like the over as well.
1: I think this will be a high-scoring game. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. The 47, it's like a couple points too low, in my opinion. Uh, so a lot of agreement going on here. I'm getting a little uncomfortable. The last great. game we want to preview before the break here. Maybe it's just great minds thinking Like We'll see. Um, Chiefs-Saints, premier game of the weekend. Uh, Saints are three-point home dogs. Over-unders 51-and-a-half. Why isn't this a Sunday night football game? Yeah, they flexed. I forget but what they, they flexed. The Giants, Browns, the 49ers were supposed to play the Cowboys. Thank God they saved us from staying up late to watch that. But Andy Dalton versus Nick Mullins. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure
2: why they couldn't have flexed the Chief Saints. Everyone knew a few weeks ago. Obviously, that was the best game. I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe Fox has this game and
1: I wonder they let that
2: movement. I'm not sure.
1: Maybe I, I guess maybe next weekend. Cause sometimes they do that if it's like. Yeah, I don't know. It makes no sense. I'm not sure. Because the following weekend, it's Titans-Packers. So who knows? Great mystery of the world. But we get it a 425 kick. Uh, Yeah, and and off off topic, I guess, kind of. But there are two Saturday games
2: this week, so I love to get those Saturday games uh, going late in the year. But Saints come off killing everyone's teasers last week, uh, losing to the Eagles in the typical game that the Eagles win. And the Chiefs won again last week. They've won eight in a row, but they haven't covered in five straight games. That's pretty rare to do. Mm. Obviously, they were covering at the end, and we know what happened with the back door. But they're 0-5 against their spread in the last five games. They're also 0-5 against the spread, their last five, as a favorite. It's probably the same five-game stretch. Um, it, sounds like Drew Brees, <laughs> it sounds like Drew Brees isn't going to play, right? Sean Payton said oh, he's still kind of – probably a ways away, but this is a big game for the Saints because they need to get the one seed. Right now they're out because the Packers have the tiebreaker, so they need to keep playing well. Going against Mahomes is nerve-wracking, but I I actually do like the Saints as a home dog in this scenario. The Chiefs' run defense is terrible. They're 26th in rush defense in the NFL when they played the Ravens in that game, which they won handily, but the Ravens ran the ball well on them. They ran for 7.5 yards per carry in that game, and conversely the Saints – they rush for 137 yards per game. They've out opponents on average of 80 rushing yards per game since Taysom Hill's been the, game, uh, been the quarterback. So I like the Saints. I think they're going to play a keep-away style game. That's how you beat the Chiefs. That's how you keep them off the field with Mahomes. So I like the Saints. I think this game is huge for them to kind of keep pace with the Packers in the NFC. So I like them. I think they're going to play a keep-away game, and they're going to play a lot better than they did last week. And also kind of like the under, just because I think the Saints are going to have the ball for a lot
1: of the game. Is it, this might be one of the most odd takes I've said on this podcast in the couple years we've done this, but I feel like the Saints have a better shot at winning this game with Taysom Hill as their quarterback than Drew Brees. Just, um, just because of exactly what you said, the Chiefs run defense, that's, that's your shot at beating them. You keep homes on the sideline you just run the ball down their throat. I think I think I think that's their best chance.
0: It's a little crazy
2: because it's not like Breeze throws the ball down the field anyway. They play that dink and dung style and can run the clock, but I I do understand what you are saying.
0: You
1: get
2: I saw a, yeah, I saw a stat on action. I think it was like the last five times the Chiefs have lost. The total has been over fifty five, so you do have to kinda of get into a shootout with them sometimes, but I like the Saints. I don't, this Chiefs defense has been kind of shaky, I feel like, for a lot of the year, and everyone is already penciling them in as winning the Super Bowl. And obviously when Mahomes is a quarterback, that's fair, and this offense is too good. But people will forget, you know, the Packers won the Super Bowl with Rodgers and what was that, 2010, 2011. The next year they went 15-1. and one. Everyone thought they were going to repeat, and they lost in the second round because their defense was kind of shaky. So I'm starting to get that vibe a little bit with the Chiefs. I don't want to put that... Uh, hot take out there, but I'm starting to get that vibe a little did. bit. You just did. I'm not guaranteeing it is what I should have said, but sure. I'm getting sure. that vibe a little bit with this team that the defense is going to screw them at some point yeah. in the playoffs. But I like, the, like I said, I like the Saints. So are nine and one straight up following a loss. or S less ten underpaid him, Twelve and three against the spread as an underdog after a loss. Obviously, we know trends aren't your friends, but. We know this team will bounce back after a bad game last week, and Peyton will have them focus in. I do think there is a chance
1: we might see Jameis at some point. That, that would be a treat. The thing is, the Chiefs are kind of, they're playing with fire. They've been playing with fire during this win streak, having covered the last five as you hit on. And the Saints defense, they they got caught in the look-ahead spot last week versus the Eagles. It's also the first time we're seeing Jalen Hurts starting on the NFL field. Not a ton of film on him. So, I think they just they got caught there, asleep at the wheel. Probably thought they could go into Philly and just kind of sleepwalk through that game and leave with a victory. And they got caught. It was their first time, their first loss in 10 games. I like them, too. So we're in agreement our first four Let's games here. The Saints are the second-best defense by DVOA, which I feel like we kind of like don't think about. And you look at their most recent games with Taysom Hill, they haven't had the toughest schedule. But they laid a smack down on the box, 38-3. Not that long ago. I think they'll be up for this spot. And I feel like them losing last week will actually help um, this week versus the Chiefs. They'll be locked in, focused, ready to go. So plus three. I'm not going to lie, I sure it was three and a half, but just think this Chiefs team, they can't stop the run, and that's what the Saints are going to do. It's going to be a heavy dose of Hale, uh, Kamara, even Latavius Murray, I'm sure will get plenty of looks in this game. So um, we're, in, we're in agreement <laughs> four for four, so we might as well just parlay them all um, and, and go yeah. from there. Yeah, and obviously this is – we don't want to downplay
2: this game for the Chiefs, right? This is a big game, too. They need to keep ahead of the Steelers, but like we've talked about the last few weeks, they don't – seem like they're super motivated in these games. They feel like they could win any of them, which they have. But But they can lose.
1: They own the tiebreaker over the Steelers.
2: Yeah, and my point is, but I'm saying as it pertains to this game, you know, they kind of took, they slept walk through the Vegas game a little bit. They got a big versus box and coasted. They kind of let Miami hang around and make a lot of dumb mistakes. The Denver game, they they didn't play great. We keep expecting them to blow someone out and be motivated. I just don't think they're going to be at that level in the regular season. Maybe it'd be this game, but between their no. defense and the lack of the run game, they don't have the tools to do that unless they're super locked in, which they just haven't been. Maybe this is the week, but I don't think I just I don't think I think it's going to backfire on them. It's um, point.
1: The Chiefs get the ball first in this game and they go down the field and score a touchdown, I'm going to feel terrible about this. <laughs> <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna know we're gonna know very quickly in this one. But if they do, maybe maybe uh, Payton's like, hey, it's James Jameis' time. Let's cook. Um, and and even then, I I feel like the Saints are well positioned to cover this game with that rushing attack and their defense. Um, so we will see. But yeah, that's definitely the best game of the weekend. Let's take a quick break, Tyler, and then we'll talk about this Sunday night football matchup between the Browns and Giants. and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. This
2: football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I'm personally excited to watch football at home with friends this year. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, Cody, now let's move on to the Sunday night game. We were just talking about Browns at the Giants. Giants are a five-point home. Underdogs over-under is 44. I felt like last week there would have been a lot more excitement about this game, um, but the Giants, they lost, and Daniel Jones looked terrible versus the Cardinals. <laughs> so it seems like some of the steam is out of this game. Um, but the Browns, they played one of arguably the best game of the regular season. It was just a crazy, surreal game. Honestly, to see happen with everything that happened with Lamar, if he was sick, um, if he just had to go to the bathroom, he came back in. Yeah, yeah, some explosive runs there. I had the under in that game, hand up. I was wrong. I was completely off. My research was that my research was there. The numbers were there. The model told me that. Um, But sometimes football, you know, football is just any given Sunday. Um, So I was wrong there. But let's get back to this. Or Monday. Yeah, anything can happen. The number, the numbers can play out uh, for you every time. So
1: also also be a, a probably the toughest beat of the season on uh, Browns plus three. You know anyone who had that?
2: Yeah, I did. Um, I also had Browns money lines. So I was Dang. tough in in multiple um, facets. I was an awful beat and just just a just a crazy game. Honestly, I, it, was crazy to game. See, it was crazy the fourth quarter was
1: amazing.
2: It's crazy to see Baker in a shootout versus a good team. So. Maybe he's taking the next step, but as it pertains to this game, as I said, Giants are plus five. Seems like Daniel Jones might play. I'm not sure if it matters, honestly, between him or Cole McCoy. Seems like the air is out of that balloon a little bit. Um, where are you leaning in this game, Cody?
1: Yeah, it seems like Baker's kind of figured something out the last couple games out. You mentioned it. We saw it the week before versus the Titans. The team scored Browns have scored 40 points or more the last two games. Baker's stat line was insane against a good Ravens defense. I know they're banged up, but he threw for 343, two passing touchdowns. He also ran for another one. Um, And offensively, for the Browns, this is going to kind of be strength for strength. Their rushing offense is their differentiator. They're third-ranked in the NFL, averaging about 156 rush yards a game. Giants' rush defense is seventh best in the NFL. They're allowing 101 rushing yards a game there. Uh, This one's going to be in New York again, New Jersey. No, No real home field advantage, but the fact that both these teams were coming in really red hot to last week. Both were on four-game winning streak. The way the Browns lost was absolutely heartbreaking in a game versus the Ravens, who they have not had success against of late. Like, Lamar seems to, have, seems to always, like, play well against the Browns. Um, the Giants, that game was so bad. Anytime they showed on red zone, anytime I would, like, peep at it, uh, Daniel Jones did nothing. He's banged up, slash, just being my grandpa Billy's bum of the week versus a Cardinals team that was on, on a slide there. Um, we saw what Colt McCoy did versus Seattle, enough to win the game. Giants' defense uh, has been really solid for a while now, allowing a little under 20 points a game in the last eight. I'm leaning Giants here, plus five. I don't love it. I don't, I don't really love either side in this game, but I just feel like the fact that the Browns are coming in off the Monday Night Football game, a short week, they have to travel. That game was gut-wrenching loss. I think they might be a tad bit deflated. I, I still think they probably wind up winning this game right and winning by three, but I like the Giants plus five. This is kind of, they've got to go out and, and give their best shot. Washington continues to play well. The Eagles look better with Hurts. The Cowboys play the 49ers who are ravaged with injuries and kind of the season's over there. So Giants, Giants essentially have to win this game more or less. Keep their hopes alive, so I think they're gonna they're gonna bring it. Joe Judge seems to get the most out of this team, and whether it's Colt McCoy or Daniel Jones, I think they'll be able to they will be able to put up points versus Browns defense. That yeah, they have Miles Garrett, who's a headline playmaker, but it's not a great defensive unit. So I like the Giants plus five. I don't feel great about this at all, but I think that's that's the right side of my book. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I
2: don't I don't feel great about either side. Coming into this game, the Giants played so bad last week that it feels like the square and obvious pick would be the Browns, but also the Browns, like you said, could be dead out off that game, so I don't feel great about either side. Um, I think I'm just going to take the over at 44. It's it's low, and as you said, Sparrow's defense feels like it gets a little more hype than it should because of Miles Garrett, and he's individually a great player, but as a unit, they're not great, and I think... The Browns offensively have figured out something. Baker maybe has turned the corner here in his career. His last three games, he's thrown eight touchdowns, one pick. So I'll take the over at forty four. It's pretty low and I think the Browns will be able to put up some points. Um, this might, this and it might like, be
1: interesting if it's Colt McCoy out there. Yeah, it could for, be for both of our picks. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean I don't I don't think you, I mean you said Colt McCoy did enough for Seattle's. That's, that's, I don't I don't think it would have mattered. Yeah, he was fine. This is just an ugly game, as we talked about earlier, why this was flexed to the Sunday night game instead so of Chief Saints, so there had to be some reason for that. Obviously that we don't understand, but as far as football games go, I don't think this will be very fun. I have Kareem Hunt in my <laughs> in our in our fantasy uh fantasy football playoffs.
0: No uh, you cares. didn't
2: make the playoffs you didn't Nobody. make the playoffs this year. I have, believe have you,
1: you have you ever won before?
2: Yeah, I mean, you like to hold on to rings when you're in like eighth grade. Um, it's, a little more recently, <laughs> I haven't seen you had success been in the playoffs the last two years. <laughs> but I,
1: I came in second place two years.
2: That's okay. I'm in. <laughs> so I'm on the over. You're on the Giants. Let's move off this
1: game. It's it's disgusting. Three more going to be locked up in this one. As yeah. I said, seventh best rush defense. You may want to bench him. Uh, who <laughs> won this? Who won this last last week to get you into the playoffs? Should have just benched my team. Oh,
2: yeah, you won, so you did me a favor there. You played the role of spoiler, 8th uh, place team winning, so that was helpful. Uh, but let's let's move off our Fantasy League. No one needs to hear about that. We'll talk about it more on the Sunday Scares pod. Um, but let's, move on, to our, for let's uh, move on to our Monkey Knife Fight picks. Um, we continue to roll in these. I'll go first.
1: We um, <laughs> t- lost one yet. Yeah.
2: No, I'm going to go to... Uh, to a Saturday game, as we talked about earlier, there are two Saturday <laughs> games this week, which is very cool.
1: You gonna um, you gonna plug our promo
2: code or what? Yeah, promo code full slate. Um, get ten dollars uh, free bets when you sign up. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> my monkey night fight pick for this week: Saturday game, Panthers at. <laughs> <night. laughs> I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm doing touchdown dance, uh, my favorite, get a little dance in. Um, so I'm taking Devontae Adams, who scores a touchdown every game this year, pretty much. Aaron Jones and Robbie Anderson on the Panthers score over two-and-a-half touchdowns, pays out two-to-one. I love that pick. Um, like I said, Devontae Adams has been an absolute beast. He scored previous to last week, which he did score a touchdown, Previous five games for the Packers, he scored the first touchdown, I think, in all those games. So Aaron Rodgers loves throwing him the ball. They, I mean, they have some other okay weapons, but Aaron Rodgers, that's his guy. So that's my monkey knife fight pick. Um, what do you think?
1: I like that pick. The Packers feel very predictable in terms of who scores touchdowns for them. It's one of Devontae, Aaron Jones, and sometimes Jamal Adams is kind of in the mix, or one of their random tight ends, uh, Tunyon. But I, I I like that pick a lot. Uh, my monkey knife fight pick of the week, um, and to specify a free five dollar contest or ten dollar free bet, whatever Tyler said, and up to fifty dollar deposit match if you use our promo code. I'm going to this Saints Chiefs game, um, I'm and I'm doing touchdown dance as well with. Kamara, who I think is going to see a heavy, heavy workload against the lackluster Chiefs' rush defense. Uh, Tyreek Hill, who scored a touchdown in 11 of the last 13 games as a machine. And Travis Kelsey, who week in, week out, he's going to get the looks. It's just a matter of if he gets in the end zone or not. So that is my uh, pick of the week. Tyler, thoughts, feedbacks, feelings?
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great pick. Um, as you said, Tyreek Hill scores. Every week it feels like Kamara's going to go out of touches. So I like that pick. Good job by you. Um, let's move on to our locks of the week. As you said, I have a three-game lead on you. So if I win this week or you lose, I clinch the crown for the second straight year. They say it's hard to repeat. I haven't had a lot of issues so far this year, but I don't want to
1: get too ahead of myself. Um, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Um so, my lock of the week, um, I'm going to the Philadelphia-Arizona game, and I'm taking the under in this one. The total is 49.5, uh, so this will be week two of Jalen Hurts full-time in the starting role. And here's here's kind of my uh, rationale, Tyler, so if you'll bear with me here. Um He ran the ball for over 100 yards last week, I believe, on like 15, 16 carries, a heavy dosage of him, Miles Sanders. And you look at Arizona and Philly, they're both in the top half of the NFL in terms of defensive DVOA. Arizona's ninth, Philly's 15th, and both of these offenses, people... Again, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, they have the sexy weapons in the passing game. But the Cardinals are a run-first team. They run for the fourth most yards in the NFL. um, And Philadelphia has run for the ninth most. So run-heavy offense is equals good for the under. Um, And both of these pass defenses are also in the top almost third of the NFL. Arizona is 11th, allowing 225 pass yards a game. Philly is 9th. So, again, both these teams are going to lean even more into the run because they're up against tougher pass defenses. Um, and you look at kind of year-to-day trends, we all know and not your friends, but Arizona's hit the under 9 out of 13 games. Philly's hit it an 8 out of 13. Those were largely Carson Wentz offenses. It took a wild turn of events last week for that over to hit, which you're, well, you're very well familiar with. Um, but Arizona continues to get love because it was Kingsbury, it was Texas Tech, it was Kyler Murray, it's DeAndre Hopkins, points, 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 but it doesn't really happen with this team. The defense is pretty good. So I like this one a lot. It'll be Hurts' first road start. We'll see how he does there. The Eagles have hit the under in six of their last seven games versus NFC opponents. We'll just throw that trend in there as well. But I really like this one in all seriousness. 49.5 is a lot of points.
2: Yeah, I I like that pick as well. Um, As you said, Arizona garners a lot of respect as this like gunslinging or Big Twelve team. They're really not like that, right? They're a better run team. The defense is pretty solid, so I like that pick. And um, obviously, I was burned by the Eagles last week. I mean, not really more burned by the Saints in the last moments, but in an Eagles under. But Jalen Hurts played pretty well, but he didn't light up the world passing. Right, it was more rushing. He had over 100 yards. Miles Sanders had over 100 yards. So I think this Eagles offense, kind of similar to what we've seen with the Saints with Taysom Hill, it's going to lean a lot on the run, a lot on the quarterback run. And they're going to, you know, their offensive line isn't great either. So they're going to let Hurts be mobile and get out of the pocket. That's something Carson Wentz couldn't really do and also wouldn't do. He loved hanging on to the ball in the pocket. So I love that under. It's a good pick. I'm I'm honestly jealous I didn't pick that.
1: Thank you, thank you. The thing, honestly, that makes me the most nervous about this is the total opened at 46.5, now it's at 49.5. So maybe in my research I'm, like, really missing something, or maybe it's just the excitement about Hurts versus Kyler and the storyline there and, like, the fun mobile quarterback and points all over the place. But both these teams run the ball a lot. They They are in, like, the top kind of quartile of pace, I'll say that. But if you're running the ball... I don't know. I'm, I like this pick, so we'll see. What's your lock of the week?
2: Yeah, so my lock of the week, what I'm hoping to clinch the crown this year with, <laughs> going back to a game we already talked about, I, I really like the Dolphins this week, minus one. As we mm-hmm. said, I think the Patriots <laughs> are getting way too much respect for what we've known them to become. And also, the Patriots always struggle in Miami. We saw a couple years ago the uh, Kenyan Drake play. That was crazy. Uh, Last year they did win in Miami, but, again, they always struggled there with Brady. I think Cam is absolutely done. And just watching that team last week versus the Rams, they never had a chance in that game offensively to put up points. So I really like the Dolphins. Patriots are 25th in passing success rate this year. That Dolphins secondary is incredible. They're going to know to prepare for the run and prepare Cam or prepare to shut down Cam running. Flores versus Belichick, I think this is the best uh, assistant we'll see come out of that Belichick tree. Um, Joe Judge has been good so far at the Giants, but I think Flores is the guy that is going to carry on that legacy. So I love the Dolphins, minus one. It's just not enough respect for a Dolphins team that's been really good this year. Um, So I love the Dolphins. What do you think?
1: I said it it before we started. The line stinks of a trap. I still give out the Dolphins because it's just (laughs) – not just no love at all so i feel like maybe i'm missing something maybe it's injuries on the offense side of the ball but i like the pick i mean for all the reasons i gave out the dolphins their defense makes plays um maybe belichick one last trick of it up his sleeve against his old uh reports but i i hope i mean i don't know we'll see what happens i I like the pick also, Miami
2: lost to uh, the Patriots Week One of the season. Let me pull that box score up real quick. They lost Week One in New England. Yeah, Cam,
1: Cam ran all over the place.
2: Yeah, they lost twenty-one to eleven, and honestly, Fitzpatrick played pretty terrible in that game. That was a game they kind of were in for a while. He threw three picks. I mean Cam threw for 155 yards in that game. He ran for two touchdowns. This Miami defense is going to be prepared this time. They're going to know what's coming. I honestly could see Miami scoring a defensive touchdown in this game as well we saw Cam get pick six last week. I don't think Cam gets through the game. I think we see Jared Stidham. So combination of those factors, they'll be motivated from that week 1 game. And again, they're in the playoffs. This would be a huge step for this team. That, you know, you, you mentioned if you take out Flores' first month from last year, they were so bad. They were blowing up this team. For them to turn around from that to be a playoff team this year would be gigantic. So I think they come to this game and kind of want to put the Patriots away, right? Patriots are still kind of alive. But if they lose this week, they're, I think, officially done. So I yeah, love Miami.
1: Yeah. I mean, they absolutely have to win this game if, if they want to become a playoff too much. I kind of hope they miss it. Just because they're not very fun to watch. If you look at the other teams in the mix, rather be the Browns, Colts, and uh, who am I missing here? The Ravens, Baltimore. I, those teams would be a more more fun watch. The so two plot line would be interesting, but anytime you get the chance to watch Philip Rivers fired up in a playoff game, I think I'll take that over too.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think. I mean, yeah, the Ravens could get in and knock out the Colts, but I feel like it's more. Baltimore and Miami. I feel like those other two teams are more solidly in at this point. But we'll see. Obviously, we, we need Phil Rivers in the playoffs throwing his helmet in, sh- screaming all oh, shucks. But mm-hmm. I, I'd love to see Tua get in and uh, Baltimore to get bounced.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. A lot online this Sunday. But we will be back Sunday evening for another edition of the Sunday Scaries podcast. Thank you all for listening, and use uh, promo code FULLSLATE at MonkeyNightFight.
2: The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.